Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. Are you a small business owner who thinks they pay too much in taxes? We can help. Give us a call or book a meeting by clicking the link in the show notes to book a free financial consultation so you can have peace of mind about your financial future. We're also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. If you're a business or HR leader and you're needing a competitive employee benefits package to help you attract and retain that top talent, we can help. Check us out to build a customized benefits package that fits your business and budget. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, back at it again with the ever bike riding Al McDonald. Al, we're heading toward the end of August as we record this, and you shared some good news on our last podcast that you've you've kind of blown your fundraising goal out of the water. So hopefully we can keep that going, but I assume Friday afternoon you'll be out in your bike today. You got it. Yes, the uh, fundraising objective has already been passed and the kilometers is well on its way. I should actually be able to surpass that too by the end. So yeah, it's all looking pretty rosy right now. Very good. Well, I've said it before on this podcast, I get to meet a lot of great people and a lot of time it's through introduction. And this one was through introduction, but it was also through quoting on a piece of business. Now, Unfortunately, and and I always say you got to have a tough skin in our business because sometimes the timing isn't right for you to get that piece of business. But when you meet good people, you want to stay in touch with them. So our guest today is one of those people that I just hit it off with right away. Respect who they are. They're a fellow podcaster. So I just said this would be a fun one to record. So welcome to the show today is Jesse Cheatham. Jesse is a seasoned cultural curator with nearly two decades of experience starting, scaling, and transforming organizations across Canada and the U.S. As the Director of People and Culture at MSP Corps, which is a leading tech company in Canada, Jesse is driving growth and shaping the future of the industry. Throughout his career, Jesse has successfully led the build and growth of HR frameworks and cultural evolution for startups, publicly traded companies, and through major growth acquisition. A true thought leader, Jesse has recently launched the podcast, Breaking HR, aimed at bringing new ideas and working with people to listeners. He is also a dedicated volunteer, mentor, coach, and advisor to various organizations in Alberta, always striving to make positive impact. His philosophy is centered around building organizations that prioritize growth and development of its people. He believes in creating safe spaces where authentic individuals can bring their unique talents to the table, free from ego and limitations. Jesse's passion, experience, and leadership make him a truly inspiring figure in the world of business and human resources. Welcome to the show, Jesse. So glad you could join us. Thanks, Robin and Al. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. Like you said, fellow podcaster, I'm junior in that. So hoping to learn a lot from you in this conversation today as well. Well, one of the things I really liked and resonates with me as we're going through your bio, and maybe we can expand on this, and I'll tell you why it resonated with us, just about creating safe spaces. Because part of our process in our podcast is we will always circle back with our guests because we want to hear the feedback. What did you hear from your network? Here's what we heard. You know, are there ideas Mm, around improving the show? 
And one of the things that made me feel really good, and we've heard pretty consistently, is uh, the whole process, you both made me feel it was a very safe space. So, And I think that's because of that, we get some really authentic conversations. But what does that mean to you in when you're building organizations? How are you, maybe talk about those safe spaces so that people can show up to work in their authentic self. And I mean, you'll say it a lot better than I will, but I cued in on that right away. So I'd love to hear more. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's a great question. I don't know if I'll say it more articulately or, or more well-spoken than that, but I think it's quite simple in my mind. It's, it's being authentic and encouraging people and showing them walking the walk that your leaders are real people. And I think as simple as that sounds, it's actually challenging for leaders because what you're going to see in a lot of businesses, and this is where sometimes I'm seen as a black sheep in the HR community and the leadership community is like, I don't prescribe to the like, let's all go to the same country clubs. Let's all wear the same watches. Let's all wear the same dress shirts. That's all BS. And sorry, I don't know about cussing on the podcast. So I'll just say BS. Completely fine. But, it's a podcast. <laughs> when you, Especially when you start a business, it's so imperative that your leaders are real people. They show people they're real people right from that foundational moment onward. So if you start the business that way, then people can come as they are. And it's very simple in that, but it's hard for people that have gone years and years and had tremendous success, you know, looking a certain way, acting a certain way, putting a persona out there. So it's really like from HR's perspective, we've got to pull that out of them. It's like, hey, let's get uncomfortable together. Let's show people who you really are. Let's be informal. And especially with the newer generations coming up, they demand that. So you need to show them those aspects right up front so that they feel safe. They can be their best. And that's the other thing. The people can't be their best if they're not themselves, right? If you're putting on a front, you're always kind of wearing that shield or that filter. You're never going to be your best. So I'd say that's kind of the simple tenets of it. You really got to get your leaders to show themselves, communicate authentically right from the ground level up. And that's how you really start that process. It's harder when you have a longer standing business and you've got to go in and kind of re-engineer it, but it can be done the same way. You've just got to force your leaders to get uncomfortable and connect in new ways, really show who they are. Is that a challenge? I was just thinking as you were saying that, because when a firm is brand new, I'd imagine that's that's a little bit easier for you to go in and, and talk to the leaders and say, hey, here's what we have to do. We can't be like everybody else. We need people to show up you know, without ego and being afraid to maybe ask questions. In a more mature firm, if you're brought in mm -hmm. to be their you know, leader of people, do you ever see that pushback from some of the leadership? And how do you go about changing that mindset? Because I look internally at our firm and myself, Alan, Joe are the leadership of the organization. And if we're not walking that walk, I mean, we mm -hmm. really can't expect anybody else to. So I imagine that's a little bit of a challenge. How do you handle that? Yeah, and it is. Whenever I've been brought in or my team's been brought in and it's like, okay, we have all these norms. This is how we operate. This is where we're at. First of all, you got to do a lot of listening. You got to be really curious, ask good questions, not only to the top, but more specifically the frontline people. You need to marry that type of feedback together and then put some strategies in line with how you get those leaders uncomfortable. And quite often it's going to be a challenge, right? It's going to be really hard because those people have found success. And it's like, so you're coming in and you're saying like, hey, I know this is working, but it's not going to continue to work at the same clip or at the same upside that you've had unless you change what you're doing. So I'm a pretty open person. So I really come at them honestly. You know, I just say like, look, like this is great. You guys have built a fantastic foundation here. Your business is awesome. But the new workforce coming in, 
they don't look at you the same way that people did 10 years ago or even five years ago, maybe even two years ago now, things are accelerating. So it's really having candid conversations. And by the time someone and a business is is willing to bring me in or someone like me in, we've had so many conversations that they're already starting to be open to that. They recognize what they're doing is going to have the same impact. So usually when I come in and we've, we're already at that point, they already know that it's going to be that, okay, we've got to get uncomfortable together and take some steps together. It's still hard though. You know, you really got to pull it out of them. And some people are more open to that than others. <laughs> well, I love what you're saying so far. And you know, we've had these conversations. So. Robin alluded to it. Matter of fact, we had a conversation just this morning. That's because I sat down yesterday with one of our team and we just had lunch and well, he's been here maybe a year and a half. And, you know, I was just asking him some questions and, you know, some of the feedback that he gave us was a lot about what we're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. We did, I think, a very smart thing a while back. We created what we call our guiding principles. And it's nice. really just to let everyone know whether that's our team, whether that's ourselves, whether that's our clients. Here's how we operate. Here's the standards we want to adhere to, if you will, so that everyone's on the same page. And a lot of the conversation was around some of those things that we've written in our guiding principles. And so I was talking about that to Robin and Joe this morning, and we kind of felt this is good because I think it means we are walking our talk, right? We are doing awesome. what we said we needed to do. And if we don't do it, why should anyone else, right? I'm hearing that same type of thing for you. I think what I heard a little bit is what your challenge sometimes is, it's almost, you've got to invert that pyramid. Right before it's always been the leadership or the managers or whatever. And I don't want to use the word dictate, but you know, they set the rules and everyone's kind of expected to follow, but it's almost like you're inverting the pyramid and saying, well, to get the best out of people, I think here's what you need to do. Can you talk a little bit about maybe expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I think it's both because you need that leadership and that direction to set the goals for the organization to really get everybody aligned and get that aligned purpose. And then you're marrying that with that bottom end up. The other thing that I think really plays into that, Al, is I call it like high touch management or high touch leadership. And what I mean by that is really having good relationships with your direct reports. And this is why, in my opinion, small to medium companies have better engagement with their employees than large multinational companies. Part of that is like that ratio. So if you have three people reporting to you, you know them well, you know what their kids, their family, you can talk to them when there's problems are going to come to you. They're engaged because you know what gets them out of bed in the morning, right? You can show them the principles like you're talking about and really walk it and they connect with that. Now, when you get in those bigger organizations and all of a sudden you have 12 people reporting to you, or having to video 40 people reporting to you, you have no relationship or no time to get to know those people and what motivates them. So I think those pieces really play together. I'm glad you're having those conversations with your folks though, because I think they're going to give you that feedback based on my conversations with Robin and, you know, just getting it to know you a little bit, Al. You guys both seem very open to feedback and that's what people are going to want. And if you have that high touch relationship, they're going to give you the feedback to continue to build your business. And then those principles that you're talking about, the guiding principles, like as long as they're not just token letters on a wall or like a picture, and it's actually what you do. Like my favorite one's integrity. It's like, okay, who doesn't have integrity? And if they don't, you don't hire that person. Like it's just bullshit. That's like a guiding principle or a value or a core principle that people put all the time in a business when if people don't have that, they really are, shouldn't be part of your business. So I think it's marrying that, okay, like, let's get some real feedback and let's build those together. But also like that leadership has to be there to say like, no, this is what we're about. Give us some feedback on it. And then you maybe edit it a little bit. Well, I'm doing one of these. I'm glad to say that we don't have <laughs> the word integrity as one of our guiding principles. So I feel good about that. 
This is great. And, you know, I think we can all go out and like I say, and maybe people don't do it, but we can all have those conversations. That's the easy part. Is there anything else that you would recommend? Are there any tools out there like technology or even just, again, face-to-face tools that you would recommend to help people do better at what they're, they're trying to accomplish? Well, I think tools are really important, but I think it's also like, I'm a big believer in showing people to build trust. So don't just tell me what you're going to do. Show me. So when you have those conversations, what I mean by that is you have to show something happen. So I think a, a common tool businesses use, especially as they get bigger, is like an employee opinion survey. So that's fantastic. But then what you have to do is show some tangible things that come from it. And it doesn't have to be difficult. And when I talk to companies that are like, well, if we do this, we got to do something with it. It's like, absolutely. But just do some low-hanging fruit. Same with these conversations. So it's like if you show people one or two things that come from it, that's perfect. You're showing them that you're sticking to those conversations. You're listening. You're staying curious and you're growing with it. I would say that's the important part and the tool that you can use is actually just put something formative that you can do and build it into your strategy. So that's the bigger piece here. And that takes a lot more work is take some of those things and those trends and those themes you get from those conversations and surveys from your people and marry that with your top-down strategy. So it's not really a tool directly, but it's something that I think is very tangible that leaders need to do to build the business. I love that you brought up the idea of a survey because this is something I've always struggled with. And because Mm -hmm. for that very reason, if you go out and you ask some questions and mm-hmm. people give you the feedback and then you do nothing with it, it's uh, almost counterproductive. But at the same time... 100% counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like there may be things in there that, listen, they may be great suggestions, but we don't have the money. We don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. This isn't the right time. Great idea. But we'll have to do some other stuff before we get there. It's easy if the people see, hey, they implemented that suggestion. I feel very good about it. Not implementing a suggestion doesn't mean no, necessarily. It Mm -hmm. might just mean not right now. What's the best way to kind of communicate that back that, listen, we heard your input, but we just can't do it right now. That's the dichotomy of leadership, right? Is you have endless asks and finite resources. So (laughs) it's that dichotomy we get to challenge. And that's, I'd say, the opportunity we get to be leaders. So I think it's two things. You call out first that like you're grateful for the feedback. Number one, like these are some of the things we heard. And that's why you need a professional and people to actually do these surveys so they can give you the themes because there's sentiment analysis and things that aren't just the hard data. You know, like you have your however many questions that are just like, tell us if you like this or you agree or disagree. And then there's the sentiment analysis that actually says, okay, based on the comments, these are the themes and the tones that we're picking up. That's really important. Because what you can say is like, hey, here's the hard data. I encourage you to share all the hard data with your team. Like actually say 80% answered this, 70% like actually share that as part one. And say like, here's some of the things we heard that we're going to take immediate steps on because they're easy fixes. And maybe it's one or two things like, hey, we want to get an email out once a month and share everyone's birthday that's coming up. Like it doesn't have to be big things. And then you say like some of the other themes we've seen that we're going to bring into the strategy and build as we go forward are this, this, and this. And you've got to limit them to really the top one or two, because that's where people will be like, okay, we brought you these big things. And if you put like 10 of them out there, you're not going to be able to actually execute on them. So I'd say like, you got to be selective, but it's also got to be reflective of the input they've given you, right? So if you say like, okay, here's 10 of the key themes. Well, here's two we can do right now. These eight are bigger and you give them all eight, they're going to expect you to execute all eight. So, you know, pick one or two of those bigger ones and say, we're going to build that in over the next few years. 
And that's how you can kind of do both. You give them those entry-level things like, hey, low-hanging fruit, let's do those. And then these are the couple bigger ones we're going to go forward. But also just share the whole results, not the comments, but like here's the results of the actual survey. I'm enjoying this conversation because part of it is reinforcing that I think we're heading on the right path as leaders of the organization. But you're, you're also right. dro- That's good. <laughs> well, you're also dropping a lot of clues, though, of stuff that we have struggled with. And again, when we do this podcast, obviously, we want to create value for our listeners. But for mm-hmm. me, Al and Joe, trying to grow our organizations is super helpful. I have to go back in time, Jesse, because I think you'll understand this. When I was going through university, I worked at Sears Warehouse. And I remember going to HR and it felt like I was going to the principal's office. <laughs> yeah. And then as we're growing our company, you know, we found Elizabeth, who you know quite well. Yeah. And Elizabeth attends all our C-suite meetings, our strategy meetings. And she is such an important part of our team and the strategic direction. And we rely on her advice and counsel so much. So I really see HR as a really important part of this you know, strategic team at our firm. What are your thoughts around that? And how do you see going forward successful firms positioning HR within their company? I love that you're asking this question because <laughs> it's changed so much. Like, you know, I used to be the young kid coming in with all these brash ideas. And now I, I realize I'm not that person anymore. You know, I've still got the crazy ideas, but I'm a lot longer in the tooth. And the trend I'm seeing is exactly that. So I'm glad you're already on that path. But the fact that HR has to be in the strategy meetings, has to be an advisor. They're not the person taking the notes. They're not the person facilitating the meeting. They're an active partner. And if you think about it, they should actually be the biggest influence in the whole team because HR is so broad now. It's every part of your business. It used to be like, here's recruitment, here's training, here's maybe health and safety. And now it's everything. We've got diversity. We've got inclusion. We've got all these things. We've got strategy. We've got all these things because people are so key in the business, right? So I think that's the evolution. Having them in early and often in all your strategy meetings is so integral. And the other thing is, I think, allowing them the opportunity to understand the business. Because generally, when you're hiring somebody in, in like a people and culture HR leadership role, the opportunity that they're already in your industry might not be there. So you, they've got to be really curious and you've got to find the right person that has that attitude because they've got to learn the operational side of your business. And if that part's there, that HR leader is going to be so impactful, like you're saying with yourselves, because they understand the business and how it impacts the person that's in front of the customer or in front of you know your clients, whatever that relationship is, that's where the truly impactful HR leaders can really help your business. And yeah, I'm so glad that you have that person because I think in reality, it's it's very rare. A lot of people say the right things, but do they actually carry through and do them? I'll tell you after we finish recording because it's too long for the uh, <laughs> yeah. for the podcast, but I'll tell you how we met Elizabeth because it's a funny story. It all started with watching a YouTube video. So more to come on <laughs> that. Social media, it's impactful, <laughs> right? New ways to connect with people. For sure. That's that's a key part of the business way forward. Yeah. A couple of times now in our conversation, you've already brought up the word curious about yourself and Mm -hmm. and others. And I'd like to go in and explore that again. Maybe that's a conversation, but I'm I'm very interested in, in where that came from a little bit. But before we get to that, where do you see the future going? Like, what do you see the future of HR? What's most exciting for you? I love that. So I'm a big fan of AI. I love the idea of making our lives simpler and empowering us to do more of what makes an impact. 
So for example, like I'm not good at the accounting side of the business. So let's use AI to do some of that or the day-to-day query. So within HR specifically, I'd say there's a huge opportunity for like those day-to-day questions to be like, how much vacation time do I have? What's our policy on this? You have a chatbot built into your teams or whatever tools you're using. Boom, that's all there. I think that's a huge part going forward. It saves everybody time. And then we can really focus on those things in each of our lines of work that really drive the business and also makes you more fulfilled in your work. So I think that's one side of things that I'm really excited about. And I think the other future is you're going to see more people leading businesses that come from an HR background, because I'm already starting to see that. You know, Some people that I worked with in the formative ages of the cannabis industry, for example, are now CEOs, and they were all HR backgrounds, and they're just driving mad success. And that's what we are talking about. Like, I think you're going to see more things like that because people have identified that you need to understand how to motivate people to drive your business, whatever it is. Those are some of the things I'm really excited about. And then just, I think, when we've talked throughout this conversation, the idea of people having the agency to be themselves, you're going to see more and more of. I think the traditional firms and things like that, like you're even seeing it in like law firms and accounting firms now a little bit more, it's starting to bleed in. Those are the things that I'm really excited about is like, let's see some people that are a little bit outside the lines start to really have success. And I think you're going to see more and more of that. And that just fires me up. That's my favorite thing to see. I'm interested that you talked about AI. And again, that's a, a mm. whole other conversation that we could, yeah, we could spend hours about. on that. Yeah, we could. <laughs> but and I'm not going to say you're the first person, but a lot of mm. the responses when we're talking about AI is a little bit fearful and a little bit uncertain. You're maybe one of the first people to say, no, I see this as a real positive going forward. And here's how we can use it. And so that's interesting. Again, it's probably a whole other conversation for another time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's just going to empower people. I think if we embrace it, it's great, right? It's a question we brought up in one of our all hands meetings. Just, you know, we said to the team, we were excited about it and said, hey, let's figure out if you go out and you have an idea about how we can leverage AI and we're already going down that path. So I'm excited about it as well. So as we're talking about the future, I thought that's a perfect segue for Al's signature question. And Jesse, if you're up for it, I'll let Al take that one away. Wonderful. Well, here it goes then. A society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. So can you talk about any of those proverbial trees that you might be planting? Yes. And thank you for asking that. That just made my, when I saw the question, when you guys sent through some ideas on the question, this one just lit me up like a Christmas tree. I was like, I love this. So I think the idea of paying it forward and doing things that you'll never see through is so important for all of us. And so for me personally, it inspires a lot of what I do. You know, being a parent every day is an exercise in that, like knowing that me falling on my face and trying to put things out there for my family and the next generation, but it also comes into the work and volunteer context. So for me, I do a lot of mentoring, both formal and informal on both sides of the equation. So I think in terms of the professional side, working with people that are new into the HR profession and learning from them is actually just as integral as teaching them anything. I think that's one thing that I'm really keen on. And I've worked with the Alberta HR Institute for well over a decade now, just doing that. And anywhere from I'll have one to two to three mentors at any given time and protégés at the same time. So that kind of cross-contamination or cross-pollinization is really going to pay it forward. And then I love to volunteer and help out wherever I can. So I'm on some boards. I like to do a lot for kids' sports. So I do a lot in that arena. And I really want to see more people 
especially more children involved in, in that area, because I think it just teaches some key lessons. It's humbling. It teaches hard work. It teaches really working as a team. And I think the more I can do with those groups to get more kids into the games and the sports, the better off it's going to be. Those are the main things. Like, I think being such a curious person, I often think I get more out of doing these things than I actually give. But hopefully that's going to pay it forward and help people down the line, too. I love that answer. And you said something at the very end that I'm a big believer in. And I've said it before. Robin's probably heard me say it. The more you give away, the more you get mm-hmm. for yourself. And you kind of just said it, right? You're giving away your time. And you just said, you know, I might benefit more from this than some of the other people, but that is part of giving some of yourself away. Yeah. I, one of the favorite things I learned growing up and I use it all the time is we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. So mm-hmm. listen, learn, and then, you know, say your point. <laughs> Well, Jesse, just to give you some perspective on what you're doing, I still remember, and I'm not going to date myself here, but it's been a while since I've been six years old and playing soccer. But to this day, I still remember my first soccer coach when I was six years old. And it's why I went on to play for, you know, another 10 or 12 years. It just had a very Mm -hmm. positive impact on my life. So that's probably a great place to wrap it up on such a positive note. Thank you for joining us today and sharing your story. This has been a real pleasure. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at MSP Corp? Absolutely. I mean, LinkedIn is the place for all of that. I'm open to all connections. I love connecting with people that way because I am a self-confessed introvert, so I don't get out a lot and go to events, but that's probably the best way. MSP Corp, great story there. We didn't have a lot of time to go into it, but www.mspcorp.ca. And then of course the Breaking HR podcast. So if you look that up on Spotify or iTunes, that's out there too. And just like our podcast, if you like the content that Jesse and myself are putting out, please subscribe to both of our podcasts because it helps us grow the channels. Okay, that does it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I hope you can tell Lyle and I really did as well. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. And as we've seen here, success leaves clues. We'll see you next time.